Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Episode number 77. Paul Coffey episode for for future considerations. Anybody else uh, that that wore the number 77 uh, uh, proudly in, in the world of sports. It's the first one that came to me, but we can uh, we can throw that around as well. Matt, uh, John, Manny here. Gentlemen, how was Halloween for you? So good. Oh, I am so full of chocolate. It is unbelievable. So full of chocolate. Did you like, do what's a, your favorite uh, chocolate? Is that like Kit Kat? Are you a Kit Kat guy? I'm actually uh, like Matt. I like uh, Twix. Yeah, Twix, Twix bar. Are, Twix are good. My kid got way too many Arrow bars this year. Like, can can we stop? There were with a the, lot of Arrow bars. Yeah, the the one pack we we saw that everywhere we went. It has the Coffee Crisp, the Kit Kat, the Arrow, and then like the Smarties. And the Smarties are fine. There's there's like eight of them in the box. But yeah, like it's just such a disappointing package. But that was that was everywhere. I went out as another number 77, Luka Doncic. Oh, okay, yeah. And and uh, I got tons of uh, chocolate, but I'm not a big chocolate guy. So I just gave them to Sophie, my youngest. Yeah, you're more of a nibs guy, right? Yeah. I, nibs. And I didn't get one pack of nibs. Like, did they stop making those small packs of nibs? Did you guys get nibs? COVID, man. It's got to be COVID related. Like, I, I was so disappointed. So disappointed. I'll go through. Uh, I'll go through Cross's stuff and see if they got any. I don't. Th- I don't know if my kids have ever really had licorice, so they probably steal uh, it from. I'll tr- if you find some nibs, I'll trade you some uh, uh, coffee crisp. Got a lot of those oh, that I can hand them the over. Let's crisp. make a deal. Coffee crisp is going to end up in the recycling bin. That's that's the worst deal <laughs> I've ever heard. That's like trading Von Miller for forty five cents. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you three coffee crisp for one pack of I'm nibs. I'm not even gonna eat the coffee crisp. You can have the nibs. I don't want the coffee crisp. <laughs> so this is for free? Like for for future considerations. You're, right? you're basically you're, you're basically asking me to do you a favor and like give you some some money so you can make a collect call on a, on a pay phone or something. I'm like, fine, just take it. I don't need anything back. I don't want this. Like, hey, uh, why don't? How about I give you? Uh, can you give me a ride here? And if you do, I'll just flatten your tires. Sure, that sounds. I'll just drive you. You don't have to flatten the tires. I don't. I don't need it. But I will offer something for the nibs. You know what, Manny? I think you and I have been through a lot together. You've you've shared your home with me. We've shared numerous beverages numerous times. You can. I'll, I'm going to look for some nibs. I'm going to bring you some nibs. I don't even want anything back. If you want to throw me a couple of the Snickers or something like that, or a couple of the Twix, maybe a Reese's peanut butter cup. Sure, I'll take it. But uh, you can have. You can have the nibs. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, we did talk a lot about Halloween candy last week, and we appreciated all the feedback for our debate show last week. A lot of people like candy corn. Apparently. Them, what? I don't know yeah, where they a lot, of, a lot of people came came out of the came out of the cupboards and were 
coming over with the steel chair talking about how great candy corn was on our website and through our messages and our emails. It was unbelievable. These people show up once a year. <laughs> no, I actually like candy corn. And then they just end up rolling back under the hill that they came from. And that's that. <laughs> these are the people who, who eat oatmeal willingly. That's These are the kind of people we're talking about. Right yeah. <laughs> we did talk about sports last week on the debate show. You can go back and listen. You can also go back and listen to a great episode we had on the OT with Pete Monroe, the co-founder of the Beer Hockey League practice program, which was fantastic. Yeah, we got a lot of emails about uh, about that show and uh, about the program, and then also some direct messages on social media, too. And uh, it's all about adults learning the game of hockey at a bit of an uh, older age. Um, maybe never stepped on the ice or didn't play a lot of hockey when they were kids, and then getting up to speed now as an adult. And uh, that website, again, is www.beerleaguehockeypractice.com. Dot com if you want to get in touch with them. And uh, we touched on the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault scandal last week in our debate episode, and that's where we want to start our conversation today. At the time of the May 23rd, 2010 meeting, where I first heard about the harassment allegations, it was not clear to me what had fully transpired. It was not until this year that I became aware that Kyle Beach had been sexually assaulted. Winnipeg Jets GM Kevin Shoveldayoff held a news conference on Tuesday where he apologized for not helping Kyle Beach, the player originally known as John Doe and the victim in the sex assault scandal. But the Jets GM got to keep his job Joe Quenville resigned as the Florida Panthers head coach last week following the resignation of Hawks GM Stan Bowman. Should Shovel Day Off still be allowed to keep his job, guys? You know, everybody around this has, has lost their job or, or stepped down or, or resigned. Um, I know Gary Batman came out and said that Kevin Shovel Day Off played a, a very small role or was a minor player, I believe is, is the quote uh, in this. Depending on what you read and, and who you kind of follow, um, there's an understanding that there was a meeting amongst all of the executives of the organization during the 2010 playoffs, uh, letting them know that the, the video coach there, Brad Aldrich, had been sending out text messages and things like that that were explicit messages and, and all of that. So uh, everybody's aware of it. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised that there's one person that that ends up standing out of out of all of this in in comparison. But the the thing about this story is it's as it's gone along and and you know reading about it on a regular basis and seeing stories about it that are coming out at this point. Like the 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 apologies aren't aren't enough here, guys. Like everybody can say they're sorry that they weren't there and they they didn't do more or this and that. But we're not seeing anything more than simple apologies for an incident that happened 11 years ago that altered this kid's life the rest of his life and and his family and and all of that and and the you know the over the underlying message that I'm just picking up over and over and over again is that we're just supposed to be well I guess these things happen and this got missed and everybody's sorry and maybe they'll know better next time and it's just not good enough guys yeah you know Shevel Dayoff was talking about how the system failed Kyle Beach um, it was more than just the system. It was the people. Yeah. You know, start, starting with John McDonough, right? Like, obviously, uh, he's he was no longer with the franchise, but he certainly 
uh, played a factor by not reporting the situation when everybody thought he was going to be the one reporting the situation. But as we talked about last week, no one followed up. No one said, hey, remember that meeting we had yesterday? Did you, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Was it a right? little bit like, different than, uh, than, you know, checking to see how the, the flyers forechecked or trying to sell t- season tickets or, you know, ordering billboards and T-shirts to give away at, at games? It's a bit of a different topic here, boys. You'd think it'd stand out a little bit. Yeah, you know, Stan Bowman, when he promoted Shevel Dayoff within the Blackhawks organization, talked about how he was such an integral part to the senior executive team. And what, now he's not part of the senior executive team because he was an assistant at the time? And that's why Gary Bettman says he's allowed to keep his job? I'm sorry. I think Shevel Dayoff should be, along with Stan Bowman, along with McIsaac, along with Quenville should be out of a job and that's unfortunate to say because we never like people losing their jobs but they failed kyle beach and there needs to be repercussions for that failure in my opinion i don't know how you can hear about something like this and not be so sick to your stomach that you don't react right away like um i think of a, a situation in work i won't say where but years ago in my career i witnessed just some minor bullying And I was about to leave for the day and I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to type an email to the general manager and make sure this doesn't happen to this person again. And I'm going to do it right now while I'm mad, while I'm still emotional, make sure that I get all my thoughts out on paper. And like how, when upon hearing about something like this, how do you not do that? How do you not immediately find whoever your boss is or whoever their boss is and just go and say something? I can't imagine. You're like, ah, you know what, We're, we're in the middle of the Stanley Cup finals. Let's just let it sit for a week. How do you let that sit in your in your psyche for a week and not do something about that? And and even that, like, and we mentioned this before, and I I've, I mentioned this I think the last time when we were talking about Joel Quinville. Like, I can understand Joel Quinville's state of mind, right? I can understand, you know, he he's got blinders on. He wants to win the Stanley Cup. They're right here at the end. You don't want any distractions in the room. Like, I can understand the mindset of not just this particular case, but anything that could possibly come up with the team. But to your point, John, yeah, you, you win the Stanley Cup. You get to do the parade. You get to have all that fun. But, like, that, two weeks later now, it's like, well, wait a second. Didn't remember that conversation we had like sorry to bring uh, bring it down here guys but have we done anything about this it, it just you know it, it was acknowledged and forgotten just as quickly Tuesday's news conference in Winnipeg was a day after NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman held a news conference to talk about the sex assault scandal, and Bettman is being heavily criticized. Agent Alan Walsh says a number of NHL owners are concerned about Bettman, and the hashtag FireBettman was trending on social media. Should the league have a new commissioner? Uh, I think it's about time that Gary Bettman is no longer commissioner of the NHL. Uh, I think it's time for him to go. I, I look at what's happened since 1993 when he took over as commissioner, um, you know, he's got this sex assault scandal with the Hawks. There appears to be another sex assault scandal story coming out of the Pittsburgh Penguins now uh, that's breaking this week. Um, you know, that's not even to mention what we saw in the bubble last year and, and the Akima Lou story. And hockey is apparently not for everyone because there seems to be a sense of racism within the sport. Uh, and... Uh, How has the NHL dealt with that? Have they allowed, um, have they opened up 
the league enough that it can be diverse. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think it's incumbent on them to do more, and I don't think they've done enough. We've got the problems with concussion. Uh, the story about addiction to drugs now is becoming more prevalent in the hockey world. And that's not even to mention the on-ice product. Remember, there's been not one but two lockouts during Gary Bettman's tenure in the NHL. The pro-Bettman supporters will talk about how, you know, the game's got new NHL contracts, television contracts. It's got uh, the expansion fees for Vegas and Seattle were sky high. That's all great. But I think any commissioner could have done that. It's the other things, the failures, that I think have hurt Gary Bettman the most. So I think it is time to find a new commissioner. And, and just to, to piggyback on that, the suspensions as well and the fines and such that get sent out, uh, and, you know, are under Gary Bettman's watch, just like anything else. I know it's George, George Peros that's the one that's making that decision, but I'm assuming that's a Gary Bettman hire. I may be wrong with, with that, but I don't know that that uh, position has has been any worse than it is right now. And ultimately, this, this Blackhawks fine, this uh, penalty that they've faced, you know, like you said, the story with Pittsburgh that, that uh, was... Is, is starting to unravel a little bit. Gary Bettman is uh, is hiding a lot of skeletons in the closet, from from what we can tell. And, and yeah, it's it's about time to to try to move uh, try to move this along a little bit because you know I, I normally would look at a scenario where you got a coach uh, or a general manager of okay, if you're going to fire this person, who are you going to bring in? Uh, is the next person going to be better or worth it, or, or how are you going to uh, to shape that out? At this point, I, th- I just think that the NHL needs to to clear house. You know, you talk about that big ESPN deal. Deal, the TV deal. You've got all the like. This is <laughs> since they signed that deal, the NHL stock might be at an all-time low. So they've got to do some stuff to to make things right, and and it starts with the guy at the top. It always does. It always should. But do you think it's just optics to get rid of him? Because from what I've heard before, and I don't know if this is true or not, that he sort of serves at the pleasure of a couple of really influential teams, and uh, they kind of dictate how the league is really run. There's no doubt about that, John. Like, who's Bettman's boss? The owners are Bettman's boss. And the most powerful owner, the rich owners, they're at the top of that food chain. So I'm sure that some of them are happy that Bettman's making the money with the TV contracts, with the expansion fees. But as an owner, I got to think that there's some that are, you know, a little bit fed up with the black eyes to the league. Whether it's, whether it's the two lockouts, whether it's uh, the concussion protocol, whether it's the addiction to drugs, whether it's the sex assault scandals, whether it's um, the diversity of the hockey game. Um, all these have been negatives, have been a black eye on the sport. And as much as you're making the owners money, the NHL is still making the least amount of money out of the major professional sports, baseball, football, and basketball being the others. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still some room to grow there. I think if uh, this blows over quickly, which it shouldn't, but I think if it does, I think he keeps his job because if if Batman was going to go, I would have thought they would have gotten rid of him when he signed that deal with Versus and NBC where the league made no money to get on American TV. And now that they've signed a big deal with ESPN, I think that might save him if, if this scandal... If they're able to sweep it under the rug, I think he keeps his job. I read somewhere that he wants to he wants to be uh, uh, the commissioner for at least another two or three more years because then he would be the longest serving K 
commissioner ever in NHL history. And I don't know if he's that much of an egomaniac, but I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't be surprised by it either. And, and again, right now the, the Blackhawks scandal should be front and center. It should be something that does not go away uh, anytime soon. We don't need any more stories about it to, to keep it prevalent. It, it should be there. Take away from, from the uh, the press conference as well when he was talking about the uh, the $2 million fine being substantial by any measure, uh, no draft picks, any of any of that stuff. I mean, that, that in itself is is complete embarrassment of the league uh, and afterwards I saw a tweet that I was going to share with, with you guys that I thought I'd get you guys right away December 2020 the Blackhawks were valued at 1.05 billion dollars 2 million dollars is basically 0.002% of their overall value which by comparison if you make $50,000 a year like a normal uh, human being makes $50,000 a year Gary Bettman just fined you $92.17 sense that's how that equates in translation like that is not even substantial by any measure i spent that tuesday morning getting groceries that's that's nothing compared to what that value is and what this story is right guys (laughs) That's how much you're going to spend this weekend buying me nibs. Can, so that's, that's normally the cover but, charge of the bars we're going to, isn't it? But like I mentioned, if you didn't hear the debate last week, I talked about how it's that fine is a disgrace when the Devils got fined three million for signing Kovalchuk. Yeah. Here's a here's another one for you: the Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, whatever you want to call them. Not only did they get fined, they lost draft picks for violating. Um, for violating draft rules, for training players working them out. against the rules, yeah. working them out. Like, what's more serious here? Do you know one of the biggest kicks in the teeth to the NHL, too, is who did some of the biggest investigation work on this? Reporters from ESPN, their brand new league partner for television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, defensemen in the NHL continue to get paid as we move back into the regular course of things, the on ice and the wheeling and dealing. Uh, Morgan Riley has signed an eight-year, $60 million contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the New York Rangers have signed Norris Trophy winner Adam Fox to a seven-year, $66.5 million extension. Um, we've had some fun in this segment in recent weeks. Let's play it again. Uh, which signing is better? <laughs> This is this is the least exciting, the most obvious, and and I know Manny's smiling already, so let's just get Here this over go. with. I I do not like paying people for what they haven't done yet or or building into the future. But you've already won the Calder Trophy or the Norris Trophy in in Adam Fox. It's a way better deal. He's a better player now, and he's got how many years on Morgan Riley on a team that shouldn't be giving anybody else more money. It's a great deal for Adam Fox and the Rangers. This is a great deal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, this should be good. Now you know, Manny's defending the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now you know this is made up. (laughs) What what other great things have they done? I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely hate them. But they got a deal on this. Like, 
Morgan Riley's 27. He's still in the prime of his career. Eight years will take him to 35. And he's they're only going to pay him $7.5 million a year. And he's actually one of the guys you want to pay on that hockey team. He's actually a legit leader on that hockey team. And they have no other good defensemen that they needed to pay this guy. Like, that's a bargain. Because if he hit the market, he would have got $9.5 to play somewhere else. Seth Jones got that money. He's playing like trash. Right? Um, Adam Fox, I like the deal for Adam Fox. Yeah, in the I same think, breath, you're talking about Seth Jones making nine and a half million, and that being a terrible deal. Adam Fox so far is a point a game this season, and he's only 21 or something like that. And he's 23. Yeah, and like he's and he's already won a Norris Trophy. How many does Morgan Riley have? He has none, but the Leafs need him. I'm saying that the Leafs needed Morgan Riley, and they got him at a discount. That's why I say the Leafs got a good deal out of it. Rashad, you're not going to jump in with saying Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman and the Vancouver Canucks got him on the best deal no matter what? It was a good deal. You're not going to bring that up yet again for the fourth week in a row? (laughs) It was a good deal. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, picked by you, our listeners, and social media followers. And the winner this week is from the world of soccer. Rhea making a big run. Moreno looking for him. Marcinkowski gets it. Oh, he spilled it. A bicycle from Australia! Darian Asparilla scores a spectacular bicycle kick goal for the Portland Timbers and is voted by you as our play of the week. Manny? <laughs> Come on, Matt. Did you not vote for that? No, I didn't vote for that. Come Stop on. That it. was amazing. It was fine. That was amazing. It was it was a good play. It's nice that he had so much space. The defender was able to give him so much space to be able to pull that off. I, mean, I, I found that very, very kind of the, the team that they were playing there. He had to do a back flip and kick the ball, and he scored. Let me see you do that on Saturday. I'll give you that. I, I thought that was impressive. I voted for that play. <laughs> that's how that's how we're judging this of me being able to do this every single play we've ever posted (laughs) hey i i want to see you do markstrom jacob markstrom save with the stick you can do that. jacob markstrom's save might be the best save of the year already and it was absolutely the one that got my vote our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And remember, check our Twitter and Instagram accounts every Monday. You can find the poll question there. Uh, We then post the videos so you can see them all again. I can guarantee you there's going to be three soccer goals that you'll get to choose from next week. They're all going to bounce two times before they go in the net because the goalie's 73 feet outside because he can't get down any angle on the (laughs) net that's the size of my house. And he flipped backwards right. and kicked the ball. But in the, 
John, would you explain this? How difficult this is to Matt? I am not even remotely flexible, and I can't do a front, a forward flip, or a somersault, or anything. So I was blown away by how good that was. John, John can't even stand still and kick the ball that hard. Can we get a soccer ball on a tee? Is that a possibility? Look, the the only way this play even happens is the guy's at like the center line and he boots it to the goalie that just basically like about the same speed as what my kid would do when he rolls the ball to me when we're playing in the living room and the goalie coughs it up to this guy. <laughs> it was the 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 goal hey, it's, I... the goal itself was impressive but the setup of the play looked like it was uh, coach Pava out there in uh, Forest Glade minor soccer. <laughs> It shouldn't have, the play shouldn't have even been created. This guy's sitting there, gets the ball back. He's like, oh, well, I may as well just friggin' flip around in the air because this guy can't even stop the rolling ball that almost stopped before it got to him. There was a great play last week in soccer, too, where the Toronto FC goalie gave the ball away to another player and he scored in an empty Didn't net. Didn't that happen twice? I was going to post that. That's happened twice in the last month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, this sport is on the decline. I don't care what anybody says. There's no athletes in this game anymore. Whatever. Send us what's what's that Twitter poll again? Send it send us your best soccer plays yeah. to shut Matt up once and for <laughs> but all. But Manny has to see you also do it in your backyard for it to be considered <laughs> oppressive. <laughs> just just so we're clear. <laughs> It's going to make that play even more impressive. <laughs> Twitter will post all the videos. Instagram, you'll see them as well. Next week when there's four soccer goals, I'm protesting against <laughs> the poll. I will not be voting in the poll. We'll have the highest volume of traffic <laughs> yeah, on our poll. Have 600 as soon as I put soccer. 640,000 votes. And here's me sitting there. Well, this is dumb. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, the uh, NFL trade deadline came and went on Tuesday with none of the flurry we see in other sports. But there was one blockbuster. Uh, Denver traded pass rusher Von Miller to the LA Rams for a second and third round draft pick. We got a question from Matt in St. Catharines who asks if we think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC. Hopefully uh, Matt in St. Catharines like soccer better than Matt in Windsor does. <laughs> But uh, the Rams are all in, aren't they? They've traded five draft picks in this year's draft just to load up this team. And I think they're among the best teams already. You add a pass rusher like Vaughn Miller, who had four sacks in the first three games this season. He slowed down, yes, a bit. But once you put him out there with Aaron Donald, like even if Vaughn Miller doesn't get sacks, Aaron Dollar... Aaron Donald or anyone else along that defensive line, they're going to get sacks because you can't double team all of them. The Rams got that much better. In fact, you know, I look at the Rams better than the Cardinals, better than Tom Brady in the Bucks, better than the Green Bay Packers. I think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC. 
they're certainly putting themselves in in the position to to do just that and and i think the the thing of interest for um for the rams and and you know obviously they're in win now mode they they like the way it works i think the trade deadline in the nfl is so funny in the sense that i didn't even know it actually happened and then <laughs> there's a couple of big deals there uh in and this one is is certainly uh certainly among the uh the biggest nfl trade dead, um at the deadline that we've seen in in a long time they're not the team to beat because the team to beat that won the Super Bowl in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that's the team to beat do I like what the Rams have done do I think that they are a lot better right now than they were last year absolutely uh you know I think the the interesting part of that division is there's two seven and one teams Arizona and the Rams everybody's speculative about the, the Cardinals right now and everybody's all in on the Rams and they've got the same record. So we're going to see them play on a Monday night uh, in uh, early December. That's going to be uh, an outstanding game uh, that, that we'll all get a chance to, uh, to enjoy there. But no, they're not the team to beat yet. They might be the favorite, but the team to beat is the one that's got the trophy and that's the, new, that's the, um, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt's not betting against Tom Brady, John. <laughs> Can't do it. He's, he's not. He he's not doing it. And now, as the baseball season comes to an end this week, the possibility of a labor stoppage is getting almost as much attention as the World Series. The current labor agreement expires at the beginning of December. Do you guys think there will be a labor stoppage, and how bad will it be? I think there will be, by the sounds of it. Like I I, I haven't gotten too deep into this subject yet, guys, but. The way that they haven't been able to agree on the expansion of the playoffs and the expansion of the DH into the National League, which was one of the hiccups with regards to uh, the season and playing the season in the bubble in the last two seasons. Like, I think there is a serious concern that there could be a work stoppage. And I don't even know if they're going to tackle some of the issues that fans really care about, like the length of games. Like, are they really going to be able to tackle that in in this labor agreement? Like, I want them to kill the shift. Like, I don't think that's going to come up in this labor agreement. No, and this is just going to be, like they've said, the payroll floor that they've talked about, luxury tax sharing, things like that, trying to equate or, or even out, I guess, the balance of, of baseball and, and trying to work against um, the um, the idea of, of throwing seasons or, or just trashing seasons, however you want to look at it. So, uh, no, it, it's a, to me, the I think, that, I think it's a guarantee. I would put a 100% guarantee there's going to be some stoppage on here at some point but the problem is like you said Manny it's it's just about the money it's about the the semantics that the fans don't really care about it's just the two sides wanting to get the most money possible for themselves and no we're not going to talk about the extra inning games we're not going to talk about shortening the regular season and bringing up the the number of teams that make the playoffs like you said length of games the DH I, I mean they might be part of it but I can guarantee you that when they uh, things are set in stone those are going to be the look we'll agree to this if you give us this and it's going to be one of the last things that get thrown in the mix and to be honest with you I don't think baseball fans really care whatsoever we just want baseball and and I think we're going to have a, a long winter because I, I'd expect this is going to go for a fair amount I think that um, 
will reach that deadline, and then I think they're going to have like a labor stoppage through the winter. I think they'll get it done early in the spring because I don't think anyone has the stomach for a long stoppage after COVID. I think people are going to want to start making money again. When they have the ability to finally have fans back in there, I don't think they're going to give away a season. Like I, I can see training camp being shorter. Yeah. Like w- once training camp is supposed to start, Teams may not be in there, and that's when they'll really feel the pressure to get something done and try to get the regular season done on time, which is normally starts at the end of March, beginning of April. Yeah, I think opening day is either won't be delayed or won't be delayed by much. I think they'll get it done by then. Yeah, I mean, you, you report to training camp in February, you play exhibition games in March. The season starts normally March 31st or 30th or so, or something like that. So, um, you know, we'll throw that out there, guys. Who um, will, April 1st, are we going to have Major League Baseball games? That count? I say yes. Yeah, I, I think so too. I just think training camp will be delayed. I think we'll have a shorter training camp because of all this. And and you're right, Matt. People, players are going to want more share of the money, and then the teams are going to go. Well, then we have to expand the playoffs, right? And then the baseball season all of a sudden gets longer. There won't be any discussion about um, what really matters to fans. Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire. But before we do that, how about this epic stat from the baseball world? Every World Series since 1982 has featured a teammate of John Smoltz, who's now an analyst for baseball coverage on Fox. That's 39 seasons of baseball. That's incredible. Yeah. John Smoltz, one of the best, only Hall of Famer with 200 wins and 150 saves in his career. Um, one of the, the greatest baseball games of all time, that Game 7 and 91 of the World Series, the Braves and, and Twins. Because of Jack Morris's performance, people don't remember that that John Smoltz threw seven and a third innings, I think, on short rest uh, and in that game as well. But for Tiger fans, he's always the uh, the one that, that we go back to as one of the ones that got away when uh, the Tigers traded him to Atlanta in, in 87 for Doyle Alexander. Doyle! Doyle! <laughs> and uh, Bob Melvin is leaving the Oakland A's and is the new manager of the San Diego Padres who fired Jace Tingler just a few weeks ago. Do you guys like the hiring? I'm, I'm a little surprised how quickly it happened. Um, you know, I don't know if San Diego had a chance to interview any of the coaches that would have been in the playoffs or, you know, they probably just from proximity see Bob Melvin a lot. Um, I think it's a complete uh, upturval from A.J. Preller's uh, previous staff um i think he just like the tigers did when they hired brad osmus tried to get very cute in a time that it's not time to be cute you've got a very good team you've got a team that can make the postseason and you gave the keys to a a guy that can't reach the pedals uh the guy was was literally nobody and and was hired on to be a big league manager and it was a disaster and i think the writing was on the wall there from the start uh the padres are uh are in a window right now that they they need to, to push. They're going after this older uh, manager. They're going after that uh, experience, having won a number of division titles. I think if a fit makes a ton of sense. Um, surprised Oakland's not getting anything back from it, but that just seems to be uh, them uh, them kind of starting the fire sale uh, to begin with. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that it was that quick, uh, but I think it's a great hire. Yeah, I I really like the hire. And the one thing that stands out for me is how does Oakland not get compensation for this? 
how are they? They just signed Melvin to an extension. Yeah, in June. And now they're letting him walk to go to San Diego without any compensation. Like, I, I'm sure San Diego would have gave given up something if they really wanted Bob Melvin, who I think is a really good manager. And look what he's done with some of the Oakland A's clubs that haven't had any big names on the roster. And now you go to a San Diego roster that has some big names and a ton of talent. I think it's a great hire for the Padres. I'm just shocked that Oakland didn't get anything in return. One more baseball question. PETA says the baseball world should stop using the word bullpen because that's also the area where bulls are held before they're slaughtered. Instead, PETA suggests using arm barn. What do you guys think of that? (laughs) Like, when you hear the word bullpen in baseball, you don't think of an animal. No. At all. No. You think you think of a pitcher. If you're if you're a baseball fan, there's not one image of a bull that actually comes in your head. You're thinking, is it a lefty or a righty that's going to come into the game next? So I don't know why Pete is making such a big deal about the term, about the word. And you know what I looked this up? There are people who actually agree with PETA about this. Like they like the word arm barn. I just, I just don't think it's necessary because nobody's ever equated the two together. No, there. I couldn't imagine sitting in a boardroom with a group of people, no matter how passionate I am about something, and and reaching that far to try to find some, like some sort of animal connection. Like you're telling me there's somebody in that that organization that's so irate that they use the reference bullpen for something that they they probably brainstormed ideas like I don't know uh, they're they're pitchers right so uh, you know you can use the farm thing and, and go arm barn what this is what PETA is concerned with right now this in, in the world. Not just in with happening with animal cruelty or in the world. This is what PETA is thinking about. Th- they should be embarrassed that they even suggested this out loud, let alone the nickname. This is not, this is, I could not think of something in this world that matters less than what they call the area where pitchers warm up in baseball. And we love animals. Like, all three of us were like pet owners. Yeah, Brashad's an animal. Like, I love that guy. The guy, yes. the guy's an animal. You should see his. You should see his room. In his heyday, they called him a bull. Oh yeah, like yeah. he was. He was the arm barn. <laughs> but That's the sign you had like, on your door. There is not one connection whatsoever. A baseball fan is not thinking this. A bullpen is actually where bulls get slaughtered. Did you know that? Yeah. Could, like, and could you imagine sitting there with your buddies and and one of your buddies is the one that brings that up? Guys, uh, wish uh, wish we could use a different term for that amongst the group. You know, that's where they they take bulls to be slaughtered. Yeah, put the hamburger down first uh, when you got that, uh, that argument, all right? Relax. Um, this is the most serious thing that I've seen since Demi Lovato said that calling extraterrestrials aliens was offensive. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> solve these big world issues, guys. Unbelievable! <laughs> I couldn't imagine just looking at my normal, boring life, spending eighteen seconds 
thinking about that and actually caring. Going through the headlines in the newspaper today, they're talking about climate change in Scotland. There's a sexual assault case in the NHL. And, oh, yeah, they want to change the name (laughs) of where pitchers warm up. Yeah, I don't don't have enough money for groceries this week. My my kid's out of diapers. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make rent. But, God, I wish they wouldn't call it a bullpen because that'll really chat my hide. (laughs) And from the world of pop culture, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian were seen holding hands at a scare farm on the weekend. What do you guys think of that couple? They should have called that the arm barn, not a scare farm. That, that's doing to scare the animals. That's not nice. This thing blew up on on the weekend. How does he keep getting these people? He was with Ariana Grande. Now Kim Kate Kardashian. Kate Beckinsale. Like he was with Kate wow. Beckinsale. Man, I'm, he, I'm telling you, he must be hung like a bull. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, Word has gotten around. I'm offended by that. John, I'm offended by that. Are you saying the girls that he dates go to the bullpen <laughs> to hang out with Pete Davidson? That's terrible. Sign- signing off, guys. This is too much. <laughs> hey, listen, he's a funny guy. Maybe it's it's all about the comedic value. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even really sure who Pete Davidson is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wasn't, isn't he the Mariners third baseman <laughs> he's the sixth quarterback for Central Michigan oh that's why they like him I think that's Kim Kardashian isn't it and finally some music <laughs> big edit there coming up John. big edit that's right okay. uh, Jessica in Oshawa sent us along a song for Pump It or Dump It and it's the new song from Sean Paul and Sia Dynamite oh. That's their new song called Dynamite. So guys, pump it or dump it. Didn't they sing a song together called Cheap Thrills or something like that? Is that Sean no, Paul? Yeah, that was Sean Paul. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they're back. Reunited. They're back. I, I like this song. I'm pumping it. I'm pumping it, boys. Pump that song, Rashad, all day long. <laughs> I like Sia. I'm pumping it, too, actually. I, I love her voice. I hate Sia. I like Sean Paul. I like Sean Paul. He's got the right temperature to shelter me from the storm. (laughs) (laughs) The first first thing I thought of when I listened to the first three bars of this song is, oh, we are going to kill this song all summer in Manny's pool. (laughs) It's going to be on repeat. I'm going to be talking the lyrics in my sleep. I'm passed out on the (laughs) pool. Beside the pool. Oh man! Oh yeah, Sean Paul all day. What a legend! How how old is Sean Paul? He's been around for uh, for a quarter century now, hasn't he? In the music industry. If Kim Kardashian is looking for a new new partner. <laughs> Sean Paul. He's dynamite. He can get busy. Uh, he was. He's got the lights. He can give her the lights. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good song. He, he can make her shake that thing. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, get it. stop it! I think it moved. Okay, I don't I don't know any other Sean Paul song, so I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm done. 
All right, well, I'll come in with these 48. Okay. It's 48. Good for him. He can sing like that? That guy's a musical genius. He is, man. Are you pumping that song, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like Sia. I'm not so sure about Sean Paul, but I like Sia. Come on. Oh, I tell you, there's only two places that you can hear Sean Paul songs. (laughs) A bar in Owen Sound and in my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) That does it for Rapid Fire. Hope you enjoyed the bait. I know we did. I'm going to go listen to that song some more. Uh, Join the conversation on social media. You can join us at podcast ffc on twitter and instagram and on facebook find us at for future considerations i'm gonna go and watch some adam fox highlights and uh clip those for you guys on uh on instat just to see what an outstanding player he is and what a great value that was for the new york rangers while you're doing that as well go back and listen to some of our previous episodes as well great interviews debates all of that stuff all included in the previous 76 episodes of for future considerations and you can also join the conversation too by sending us your questions and topics and comments at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. While you watch Adam Fox, I'm not watching the Leafs. <laughs> I hate the Leafs. <laughs> hey, remember we have another episode coming up this week. That's right. Uh, second episode of the week called The OT. We will talk to Kyle Hope, former OHLer from the Owen Sound Attack, the Oshawa Generals, member of the Windsor Lancers University hockey team, also played for the Manchester Storm, played in England, played in Denmark. Outstanding 12-year career. We're going to catch up with Kyle and see how he's doing. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have a lot of different stories, and uh, we'll uh, see how he's still connected to the game as well. We want to thank our sponsors on the show, London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training and nutrition. The OT, that drops on Friday, and uh, thank you once again for listening to Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.